right. Uh, welcome to Flag Down, a new podcast about college lacrosse refing and refing in general. I'm Matt Radeball. I'm here with Joe Seaslack, fellow SLOA and uh, NILOA official. And uh, we here, we're here tonight to talk about, uh, you know, refing the first few games uh, with all the COVID protocols and getting back into the swing of things. So, Joe, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well, Matt. I'm happy to be here and I appreciate you asking me to help out. So <clears throat> looking forward to it. So you had, so we're uh, doing this on February 16th. So you had two games, not that you've already had two games, but um, they were two weeks ago, correct? That is correct. Correct. Um, prior to that, when was like the first time you ref like a game beforehand? Like when was like the last time you were on a field prior to like, uh, I guess, what was that? February yeah I, I think the, the last time i was on lacrosse field was the end of november i don't think i had anything in december so um it's been a while it's been a while so and you didn't those are games you didn't have like any scrimmages to kind of like no fall scrimmages for college no no preseason scrimmages for for college there was a couple uh, preseason scrimmages, but I didn't get to do any of those. Okay. Like, what was that like? You know, I mean, because normally, like, so, like, I had a game this past weekend, and, um, like, it's tough going, like, right, you know, jumping into the defense, so to speak. So, like, was it, you know, getting your, like, eyes used to the speed again, or was it legs, or, like, what, um, like, what, like, affected you the most, do you think? The transition to go into my first game this year was not too bad, but there was a couple things that made that possible, <clears throat> whereas the first game I had was Towson, Virginia. There was a good crew in the game. We had a good pregame, and we got lucky with a good game flow. So there wasn't a whole lot of things going on that went sideways during the game that was out of the ordinary. Um, we hammered in a good pregame trying to dial in the faceoff, and we had good two good faceoff guys from Virginia and Towson. Now the, the Virginia guy was dominant. However, both of them listened to us. We didn't have to make a lot of corrections in-game on the face off. So that created a good flow, a good tempo initially with the face off. Um, and then both teams played. We had somewhat of settled offenses. We didn't have a, a ton of transition that made your head spin running up and down the field in that game. So we had some settled offense, which was good for us being our first game out. Um, there was a unique shot that hit the inside of the bar, which, you know, was, you know, I think probably like a one in, I don't know if it's a one in 100 shot, but we had a goal that hit inside the bar that 
was a goal that we weren't able to see. The way the way it entered and the way it ejected, we thought it hit the pipe. Um, but besides that, we didn't have anything go sideways in that game. So as far as tempo and not having a lot of back and forth transition, we had it didn't hurt us as far as not maybe being prepared as far as running up and down the field and to have a good amount of settled offense was a good game flow where we could watch the game. Didn't have to make a whole lot of decisions. They were bang, 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 back and forth. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I think we got lucky in the aspect of the flow of the game that the teams presented um, you know, we can only control certain aspects of that as far as trying to, you know, do our part with the face off and, you know, call the fouls that needed to be called. Um, so that wasn't a, a big issue. Um, the next day, Denver, Carolina, there was a ton of goals scored in that game. The final was 20 something. to. 10, 11, 12. I think it was like 2014, right? Something like that. It, it was upwards of 40 faceoffs. So that was a game where we didn't really have anything go sideways again, which is always appreciated. Um, but we had a ton of faceoffs. We had a ton of transition. Um, not a whole lot of settled offense. It was just offense score, offense score. Um, so by the end, by the fourth quarter, midway through the fourth quarter, you know, your legs, not so much your air, but, you know, early in the season, um, February lacrosse, you know, your legs aren't the same as being on them for two months. So, you know, that that starts to catch up with you at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, if it was a game that was like eight to seven, you know, it's a little different pace of play. But when you're, you know, 30 goals deep going into the fourth quarter, it's it's a lot of back and forth. Yeah, I think I got – we got – so Towson St. Joe's this past week, I think we got lucky because of the, um, like, the freeze and rain. There were a lot more turnovers than normally would be because all the balls had, like, a sheet of ice on them. So it was like every ball was like a uh, – um, oh, why can't I think of the term? When there's no grip on the ball. Oh, my God. Greaser. Every ball was right. a greaser. It was like every ball was a greaser. You have so. a lot of passes going over top of the heads of the recipients of the pass. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, it, um, it, it, it was tough, you know, I, you know, first game out or whatever, you know, no scrimmages to get, you know, in the swing of things. But I, that did help with, like, pace of play. What did you – did you pack anything differently, like, in your bag for – uh, dealing with like COVID protocols. So uh, Niloa has provided NCAA officials with a gator uh, that they weren't worn <clears throat> during NCAA games. Not all officials have received theirs yet. So we did have the Niloa gator that we wore. Um, I did pack a travel size um, hand sanitizer. Um, Sunday on the field, the referee had it with him. Uh, we were sanitizing during timeouts and in between quarters. Um, 
but just just the gator and the the hand sanitizer were the two things that they were different this year opposed to previous years. Did you wear any of those any any of those games? Were you wearing gloves at all? I did not. No. Yeah, because so like I mean obviously like Saturday like I wore gloves so I didn't think I don't know it didn't make sense to bring out the hand sanitizer. I know, like, during the summertime, I would have, like, a thing of hand sanitizer, like, in my bag, you know, at the field. So, like, in between quarters, you know, right. take a look at it. Um, I think I would probably have, like, one of those mini ones. You know, I guess it, when it gets, like, on, you know, glove-worthy. Right. And, and I think that even if you wanted to wear latex gloves that's up to your discretion and that would be fine. You know, obviously I would stay away from wearing the blue latex gloves, but even if you wanted to wear the black latex gloves, that would work or the white latex gloves if you chose to. Um, I think that's a good alternative on a colder day. I don't know how that's going to work out when it gets warmer and you're sweating a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Um, was there a different setup? Uh, for you guys uh, during the pregame. So normally, you know, we get to the site like two hours early, um, you know, have the pregame in the locker room. Um, there's been suggestions made from uh, the Nilo, uh, uh, you know, board that maybe have like a, like a, either a Zoom pregame or, you know, like talk maybe like, over the phones like in your cars like going into that did anything like that happen with uh, your games at all so games i've had so far this year which have been two we have not had that we have had exceptions where in previous years we would drive down together or depending on where the crew is coming from if if two of the three guys could hook up and ride together we would we would go down and that that's a great opportunity i can't recommend it enough that if you can't hook up with a partner and ride down together pre-COVID, that you do that because not only can you talk lacrosse, you can just get a feel for the person you're going to be working with on the field for the next two hours, where their mind's at, what their, you know, how their previous week has gone, how you can adjust, you know, maybe how you need to relate to that person for the next four hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but with COVID, we weren't able to ride down together. Um, going down to to Virginia, we 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 met at Virginia, and they put us in the let's phrase this the right way. They put us in the bathroom of the stadium for the baseball team. So it was for us, for the officials, and there was three chairs, but there was no shower. There was there was restrooms if you needed to use that, but um, it was pretty. It was pretty archaic for a Division One locker room pregame setup, but it had what we needed. Um, I do have a game coming up where the referee is going to do a Zoom pregame on a Thursday for a Sunday game. So we have that scheduled, and we're going to do a pregame through Zoom, which is a great idea. And then we're going to meet and spend a shorter amount of time in the locker room prior to our game. So we're still going to meet ahead of time in the locker room. We're still going to have some discussion while we get dressed, but the meat and potatoes of our pregame is going to be hashed out through zoom, social distancing, 
four days prior to the game, which I think is a great idea, and I would recommend it if it's available, um, if all three guys can do it. it would probably probably be the way to go right now, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that it makes a lot of sense. Um, even like, I would say, you know, if, you know, transitioning into like high school games uh, later in the spring, you know, like our pregames obviously aren't, you know, as in depth, but like most of those pregames are held, you know, you're talking outside the car. So it's not like you're in closed, confined space. I don't think you need to make many changes there, um, you know, for high school wise. Um, but I, I like if I think getting together with, on Zoom, even, you know, just for like 10 or 15 minutes, like the night prior to like talk about some things, you know, could definitely work or, you know, whatever. No, I agree 100 percent. And I think one thing that gets lost for doing a high school game is just uh, not everybody's always communicating. You know, the, a lot of times people rely on the R to reach out to the umpire and the field judge. And we're talking about, you know, a high school game, you know, the field judge and the, the umpire should reach out to the R, make an effort, you know, two days before the game. Hey, you know, Matt, Joe checking in. Um, we're scheduled at Loyola high school. You know, I'll be there a half an hour before the game. It's going to be whatever temperature. What are you thinking about wearing? Um, you know, and reach out and make that point of contact. And then, you know, you can bounce something off. Hey, I had Loyola early. I had Loyola last week. Had a little something funny going on. Talk about that. Um, and it doesn't have to be a 40-minute conversation going into your game. But, you know, there should be a communication initiated before you reach the parking lot to walk on the field to do that game. Oh, yeah, obviously. What, um what do you think was like you know going into these games or whatever uh how, how did you know ref in you know, like so uh using a gator or a mask or whatever uh for face-offs um how did did you change up anything in your uh like in your mechanics at all or anything like that so when i did the face-off i would have the gator down and blow the whistle um, kind of working with it after the games, I was able to figure out that you can have the whistle underneath the gator and still blow it. Um, NCAA COVID face-off, we're, we're doing kind of what we did in the summertime and the fall where, you know, obviously we're putting the ball down, keeping the players six feet apart. Once we're ready to go, we're going to bring them down. Once they come down <clears throat> and they're in the correct position, we're going to set them and we're going to back out and we're going to go. Um, the big, the big difference is, you know, we're not putting our head down around the two face off players head and adjusting sticks with our hands. Um, we're just standing over top and looking down. And if something has to be said for a quick adjustment, it can be said, but then, you know, a point of emphasis is, if they're not coming out correct to violate them and move forward. So I think that's the biggest thing, like having them come down at the same time, um, making sure uh, like in our game on Saturday, we're, I mean, 
we're like, listen, you got to make sure we're going on the same time. Uh, st- you know, keep those sticks vertical. So, I mean, Taos and St. Joe's, both, the, we only had like two violations the whole game and both were for going early, one for each team. So I, I think it's, and I watched the um, Virginia uh, Army game, and I, they had more face-offs in that game, and that was a solid crew. But I think <laughs> if the two face-off guys are uh, are going down, you know, right, I think it makes everything a hell of a lot easier. Like, if, if you're having to, like, talk to them, or if that line of communication isn't working, then it, it that's when we're going to see like, the more violations, which is going to be, you know, annoying for everybody. Agreed. I think the big thing is to obviously not only just with the face off with as much as the game as you can, you got to talk the entire time. I'm not when, when I say that, I don't mean that <clears throat> once you bring them down set, we're still talking because obviously we're not doing that. But, you know, in between goals, if you have a TV game where you're waiting for the <clears throat> TV to give you the OK to, to proceed or, you know, you're waiting for a substitution to happen while you have the two face off guys out there, you should be talking the whole time. You know, one of the best things I would always hear in a, a pregame from. Mike Holland, he would always talk about, you know, there's no secrets with the face-off guys. It's, you know, if you think he did something wrong, let me know, you know. And we're not going to say, you know, okay, Black thinks white violated, so Black's going to tell the referee, and then I'm going to try to get white. No, if Black thinks white violated, I'm going to tell white right in front of Black what what he thinks we're looking for. So that, again, there's no secrets. We want those guys to determine the outcome of the face-off, not the referees. So before you bring them down, you know, talk to them the whole time. Hey, you know, that last face off, I think you timed it great, but you might have timed it a little bit too great. So I'm going to hold this a little bit and I'm going to say it in front of both guys. So they both know that this whistle is going to be maybe a little bit longer than the previous one. You know, if I think one of the guys is coming down and getting too close to the head of the stick, I need to see more tape. I'm going to let them both know. But we can have this conversation while they're standing up so that once they come down, the expectations are already set. And it's just an open line of dialogue that we're having throughout the game between all three officials with the faceoff guys. Um, because our job is not to only call the violations. Our job is to officiate the game. So we're trying to not necessarily prevent prevent violations from occurring but if we can have a communication that you know you're towing the line you need to back up a little bit and they do it that's what we're there for instead of not communicating and having them violate um so i think that you know talking to them as much as you can obviously not when you bring them down to say set is paramount to getting them to do what you want them to do and when they do what you want them to do it's going to make your life a lot easier as an official. I've been, uh, because I'm such a positive life affirming person. I've, uh, been also doing, uh, recently, uh, I started doing this in the fall or like in some, but like, 
you know, guys, we're doing a really good job of face-offs. I really like what we're doing here. I like how we're, you know, just because once again, I am just a positive, life-affirming person. So I did that a couple of times on Saturday, and I felt it went over well. I felt like their their sense of themselves increased. Like everyone's self-esteem was very good. It was it, it was kind of beautiful to behold, really. Now, if you can read the personality of your face-off guys, sometimes they'll give you that read and sometimes they won't. But when you can get a read on them and you can help them out, it's going to help them out. It's going to help you out. So yeah, that's a great technique to use during the, during the game. Um, so you were, yeah, like the, um, the gator. So I pulled mine down, you know, I would talk, I would have it on. And so, and I, ha- I don't, I don't use the finger whistle. I just have the, like the lanyard, like the six inch lanyard or whatever. Um, and I think uh, I know like Fox 40 has like a gator with like the lanyard inside of it or whatever. Correct. Uh, um, I haven't used it, but I've heard that as well. Yeah. So I think that could work as well. It's 40 bucks though. I was like, good God, it's super expensive for that. But um, I mean, you, you make a lot more money uh, than I do. So it's, you can probably just buy like 10 of those and just give them as gifts to people that you like. It's a good idea. It's a good idea. Yeah. Um, let's see here. So we talked about that. We talked um, packing differently. Uh, did it? How did it feel like to get back out there? Like just you know to actually like do a lacrosse game and like talk to people in a person-to-person status. It felt great. You could definitely see the energy of the players, the coaches the limited amount of fans that were there, even the people working the table, you could see their energy. You know, I congratulated a couple of kids just for having the opportunity to be back on the field. And, you know, they were appreciative of that sentiment because you could see how, you know, positively anxious they were to play lacrosse again. So it, it felt great. It felt great. It, it really did. It, it always feels great to get back on a lacrosse field, but having it taken away from you and not knowing when it's going to happen again, it really felt special. Yeah. Yeah. I just like last spring, like, you know, cause you get your schedule early and then, you know, like once COVID hit, then you would like you know, later on, like in April, you'd be like, Oh yeah, I should have a game right now. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it was, it was nice uh, getting back out there. And so I think, think the protocols are working um uh you know the any game that uh that you can ref is one more to the positive there's going to be cancellations it's going to be a weird year um so kind of like take it as it goes which is easier said than done but like you know it is what it is is this week two or week three week three of the college season Week three of the college season coming up, yeah. And there's already been multiple postpone postponements. There's there's already been multiple reconfigurations of schedules where teams are might get a game taken away from them, and then they're trying to slot in another game because they don't know how many games they're going to get to play this year. So they're they're trying to get the games in now that they can, and um, you know it just 
following whatever protocols that are set forth to be able to official to officiate lacrosse, you know, is 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 important so that we can continue to have a season, um, so we can continue to officiate games and continue to get games. Um, you know, the things that are out of our hands are out of our hands, but um, the changes that have been asked from us are not anything exorbitant. Yeah. It, Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what all I got. Nice little short opening episode. Flag down. Uh, we'll have some more uh, during the course of the year. We're going to focus on, you know, you know, uh, not like non-video stuff uh, that you could easily, you know, like listen to and learn some things. So I would like sure. to thank uh, Joe Cieslak, uh Jr. for uh, talking to us uh, tonight. And uh, we will see you on the next episode of Flag Down. Have a good Thank one, you, everybody. Matt.